0: you're listening to the market expert show i'm darrell baskin of exp realty on your home for success 1057 barn dominiums tiny homes 3d printing my guest and expert christina smallhorn with exp realty you can find her on her on her youtube channel i watch her youtube channel i don't have i mean i don't have much time to watch youtube but one person I'm tuning into is Christina because she's always got the latest and interesting. Christina with a K. So check her out. That's my ad for you, Christina. Let's let's talk about uh, affordable housing. You're the queen of affordable housing. And barn dominiums. Now, we have a lot of those here in Oklahoma, and they are sometimes difficult to finance. So I would like to get your perspective on not only barn dominiums, first of all, define it, but also let's talk about financing.
1: Okay. Um, we have barnominiums here in Louisiana, and they're very popular in Texas because of the taxes. Property taxes in Texas are kind of high. And in order to offset those taxes, people build these dominiums because it's considered an agricultural building and they get a tax break on it, which is pretty smart except for the fact that it isn't necessarily affordable. So a lot of people are turning to them thinking that this will be a, an affordable housing option for them. And if you're only looking for the tax break, it could pan out over long term. The thing is, is that now with the price of uh, steel going up, the price of um, concrete going up, you know, a metal building itself is very expensive. So if you're thinking this is going to be an affordable option, it may not be. Now, each lender in each state is going to have something different as far as rules when it comes to a barnuminium. In our state, it is treated like a uh, a different kind of structure, but you can get a home loan on it with a conventional loan, your FHA, your VA, and your... you know, those type of loan packages are going to have a harder time getting financed, but you can get here in Louisiana a conventional loan with a Barnominium.
0: Well, you know, we, we talked about affordable, and you said it doesn't quite fit. Barnominiums don't quite fit into the affordable category. However, what I do find them fitting, because affordable is relative, right? So affordable, right. when you're thinking about, oh, I want to buy five acres, 10 acres, whatever, you can afford the land, but you can't quite yet afford the kind of house you want many people choose to build a barn dominium because they can build out the inside of it as a as a living as living quarters so maybe it's a small version of what they would want in their regular house and then they still have their shop they can run their business so in a sense it does does still fit the affordable housing category for people who need or really desire to have land would you agree with that
1: Yes, and I think um, I, I shouldn't preface this in the fact that I sh- should have said people that are using the barn as the whole entire structure is the house, yeah. not what you're saying, which, which which makes a heck of a lot more sense if you're using it in that aspect where you would have it as a shop and a workspace. I'm talking these people are decking out a whole entire barn yeah. as a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're looking at like 3,000, 4,000 square feet of house of double stories. And then they put in the, all the high upgrades. When once everything's said and done you're spending way more than you would for a traditional built home. But if you're doing it the way you said, yes, then that would make sense for an affordable housing option.
0: Well what about tiny homes? Everybody's talking about tiny homes. I would love to live in a tiny home when it's when it's cleaning day around my house. <laughs>
1: My husband wants one for because um, he has all girls in the house. And he always says, you know, I just like to have my own space of my own. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. But um, a tiny home is a fantastic home. But there's two kinds of tiny homes that people, when you look at, there's the tiny kind of tiny homes that have wheels on them. And then there's the tiny homes you can have that are attached to a piece of land. Now, when you have a tiny home, many cases, you cannot get traditional financing on them. They would be considered a, uh, most people just pay for them out of pocket because it's a a less expensive type of home. But you might have a problem getting insurance. Now, if you have a tiny home that has wheels on it, where you can move it on and off the property, that would be something you could use as an RV type of insurance because it is what they call a PMRV, which is like a park model. Their intent, though, if you read the uh, the like the what is that the manual on it their intent for a tiny home that does have wheels is not for long-term living so just know that when you purchase one and you will have to get uh, rv insurance on that make sure you uh, get the type of insurance that will also cover the uh, contents inside your rv as well
0: so tiny homes really do, they, they become popular as far as a, a point of discussion, and it, it comes to the topic of, as a realtor, I'm selling all kinds of houses. I'm in the housing business, by the way. If you listen to this show, you know I'm all over the board about what, what types of uh, issues affect the way we live. And tiny homes are just another aspect of that. We have um, uh, uh, accessory dwelling units. ADUs, which can be part, we've talked about those and appraising, if you're having one of those. Added to your home, tiny, tiny homes are an option for grandma's little, we call it, at my, my house, my mother, the kid's grandmother, lives in the pool house out back, a tiny little hut. We call it grandma's hut. But it's so it's so great to have those options to bring family members in and not have them living too far away that it creates a different family environment. And a tiny home could be that option for you if your neighborhood allows it. And if uh, it fits your family style, because we're talking about essentially an RV that's more permanent.
1: they also call those granny flats. I yeah. don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I <laughs> have. Also I, gr- I yeah. have heard that. And I, I think they're more, uh, they're more accepted uh, socially as well because they do just look like a traditional home that just happens to be very small. Um, and so I think that over time, I would hope, that they would allow for better financing options for these types of tiny homes for people that are just like, you know, just starting out or people, believe it or not, one of the biggest group of people that are purchasing these types of tiny homes are retired families, people that are retiring that just want something small that they can stay in like you said, like close to their grandkids and everything else. And they're on a limited income because they've now retired and they don't need anything big and they don't want to live in an apartment complex. So I wish they would come up. I'm hoping in the future that they would come up with a plan, um, a more government backed loan for, you know, dwellings that are less than $65,000.
0: Well, it's all about affordable housing. My friend and fellow EXP realty agent, Christina Smallhorn, you can follow her on YouTube and find links at darylbaskin.com, dot com. By the way, if you are searching for her on YouTube, it's Christina with a K, Christina Smallhorn. Thanks, Christina. You're always informative and fun to listen to.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You're listening to The Market Experts Show with the XP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.